0: With the help of God and a community of dads helping each other on their journey, you can be the leader your family deserves. We welcome you to the Journey of the Christian Dad Podcast. All right, welcome to the show. We are going to read our quick Apple Podcast Review of the Week, so I appreciate the reviews. So this one comes from Paul32. So thank you, Paul32, whoever you are. It says, great podcast. You should listen. If you're a Christian dad or just want to learn how to be a better man and leader, Check out this podcast. And he also says in episode one, Dan talks to a Navy SEAL. So that one was a really cool episode with Chad Williams. So thank you, Paul P or Paul 32. Appreciate this week's Apple Podcast Review. Now on to the show. All right. Today we have Adam Maccabee on the show The Journey of a Christian Dad. And man, this is a guy I've been excited to talk to for quite some time. We've been following him on social media. He's got a really exciting company that I can't wait for you guys to hear about. For those of you that are sports fans, you're even going to dig this even more. But just being entrepreneurial, spirit minded is an interest. It's always fun talking to entrepreneurs that are that are doing things. And your background came from not being an entrepreneur. If I'm if I'm getting the story right, but let's just get into it. Welcome to the show, Adam McAbee.
1: Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it, Dan.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, and am I getting that right? You, were, you weren't you were entrepreneurial and, and this just came upon you? Like, tell us about that real quick.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I've always had some kind of a side gig. Um, okay. Call it entrepreneurial or not. My Mowing was- lawns and... I never really mowed lawns, (laughs) but (laughs) that was my uh, first thing when I was like
0: nine or 10 years old. If I could push that mower, that's when I got started with the entrepreneurial thing.
1: I tell you, I I think my work ethic probably started from there because my mom and dad, you know, they made me and my brother mow the yard and all that kind of stuff. And I just, I hated it, man. We're in Texas and it's just really, really hot outside. So (laughs) mowing lawns and keeping up my lawn is not my forte, but, you know, definitely got the work ethic from there. And, you know, growing up, Uh, in my mid twenties, I was a youth pastor for, for quite some time. And I love ministry, but ministry is very hard to pay the bills. Um, Mm -hmm. It's definitely a calling. And, you know, I've always had some kind of a side gig to help pay the bills, you know, having four kids, it's, you know, it's not cheap raising kids. And so I think the more time goes by, the more expensive it gets to raise our kids. Um, And so just having that extra side hustle has always been kind of my thing. I've I've driven for Uber. I've driven for Lyft. I've done DoorDash. I've done, man, all the different side jobs you can imagine. I've been in network marketing, been pretty successful in network marketing. Um, My wife and I, as we were youth pastors, I had a t-shirt design and printing company and graphic design company um, that just started kind of like this company started, went out to go find somebody that can print a t-shirt for my youth ministry the way that I wanted it. You know, Late two thousands, the craze was those real weird designs off on the side of the shirt, and yeah. you know, printed all different kinds of ways on the shirt. So I was designing my shirts, but nobody could print them the way that I wanted them. So found out the technology was digital printing, direct to garment. So I went out and got the equipment, got the gear, and just started making my own shirts. And other youth pastors were like, "Dude, that is slick! How'd you? That find is that? awesome!" And so I just started printing shirts for other youth ministers in the area. And then local schools and softball and baseball teams and football teams and cheer squads and other clubs within schools started figuring out what I was doing. And they hired me to do it. And it just turned into this, you know, printing T-shirts on the side. So anyway, yeah, entrepreneurial or not, you know, it's one thing or another, but I've always kind of had some kind of a side gig to help pay the bills. So. And then stadium drop just kind of came out of out of frustration at the very ballpark that's behind you.
0: <laughs> yeah, well let's let's talk about it. So in the background for those listening on audio is uh, Bush Stadium, the new one. Yeah. And uh, the picture happens to be a game I was attending. It was a World Series game, and Chris Carpenter was pitching that day. It was a huge sign. I think I've shared this story before, but there was a huge sign when I walked in, and we were way early because it was World Series, and the dang sign says, and you being from Texas. It was a Texas story. Dang sign says Chuck Norris was a Texas Ranger. (laughs) And I thought, man, you SOB Texas people. How in the heck did you get in our stadium so early and get this (laughs) massive sign posted? I'm fired up about this game. And then just beneath it, it says, but Jesus was a carpenter.
1: Ah, (laughs) I was like, all right, let's go. Let's get this, you know. I just got over that World Series defeat like yesterday, and then you bring it back up, opening up those wounds. So, man. Um, anyway, yeah, I'm a huge Texas Rangers fan. Um, we have not been very good since those two back-to-back World Series. I think, you know, that Boston, they call it the curse of the Bambino. I'm going to call it the curse of the Cardinal. Uh, <laughs> two two times in a row, we're one out away from winning it all, and you dang freaking Cardinals, man. <laughs> One oh. of
0: my wife's really good friends, her brother is David Freeze.
1: Oh, wow. Man, <laughs> that guy. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's the definition of a ranger killer, man.
0: <laughs> oh, my goodness. That was crazy.
1: Yeah. Oh, man. I,
0: On my side, it was a lot of fun.
1: Yeah. I tell you, the first time going to that ballpark, it was mixed emotions. Uh, you know, they, they don't call it baseball heaven for a reason. I mean, they call it baseball heaven for a reason. And uh, it's, if you've never been to Bush Stadium, especially the new one with the way they've got you know, the, the the live places across the street with all yes. this, you know, and post uh, pre yeah. stuff. Yeah, Bar Park Village. Man, I tell you, they're, they're trying to replicate that here in Texas with Texas Live and all the different things that they're doing uh, next to our new ballpark. But uh, they're, man, it's baseball heaven and it's baseball heaven for a reason. And just the first time walking into that ballpark, it was, it was like that aha moment. Like, ah, oh, man, this is what baseball is supposed to be like. That's a gorgeous stadium. Oh, thank, you. Area. thank you. So yeah, I love it.
0: There was a vendor down from uh Northwest, North, Northwestern college. Mm-hmm. And I guess he did some Cubs games from time to time and some bears yeah. games for the world series. I'm like, what do you mean you're here from Chicago? He's like, well, they bring us in from all over for big games like this. Yeah. I yeah. said, okay. And so what do you like most about it? And he looks and he goes, those flags over there. I go, what, what are you talking about? Those flags. What are you talking about? The pennants. Yeah. All the different world series and national league championships and stuff like that. And he goes, I'm a Cubs fan. We don't, we don't have those.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know, funny story growing up, you know, being a big baseball fan, uh, in Texas before, you know, live streaming and all that stuff became a thing in the 80s we had two tv channels outside of our local network to watch baseball it was wgn which was nope. the cubs,
0: cubs it yeah. was
1: it was T-B- uh, tbs for tbs yep uh, yeah, for for the braves and i couldn't stand the braves man i don't know what it was but all those pitchers and just i just i didn't like them my brother you know i, I grew up my brother's 5 years older than me kind of idolized my brother growing up and we're still really close to this day but he's he was a huge cubs fan And so for his senior year uh, for a trip, my mom and dad took us to Chicago and they did a lot of things to help create moments and memories for us, which we can get into later because that's kind of the heartbeat of Stadium Drop. But uh, they did a great job of creating moments and memories for my brother. And I'll never forget being in Chicago for the very first time and man, just meeting Andre Dawson, Mark Grace, Ryan Sandberg, Sean Dunstan, man, the classics of Chicago and it was, it was surreal. And I'll never forget those moments, man. And yeah, so I grew up a huge Cubs fan, huge Cubs, huge Rangers. And to this day, I, I'm, I still root for the Cubs and the Rangers. So can't stand the Braves. Can't stand um, so, the Braves. <laughs> so, you know, I, for, as a fan, I just, man, I don't know what it is. All those players are gone, but just growing up, you know, you, you find those teams that you love and hate and you know, the Yankees you know, being a Rangers fan um, you know, I love the old Yankees, but there's just something about the new Yankees that I just I can't get behind them, man. Right <laughs> I don't know what it is, but uh, you know, I just the, the Yankees and the Cardinals, I think it's just because they they win every stinking year. It's like <laughs> if it's not the Yankees or the Cardinals, you may have a one-off. Like I was thrilled to see the Dodgers finally win one. I mean, that was yeah, that was awesome. And they did it in Texas, which was even better, but I guarantee you, this next year it's probably going to be the Cardinals and the Yankees again in the World Series. It's like every every four or five years that cycle repeats.
0: Yeah, but, yeah,
1: yeah. You know, it is what it is. You can't you can't knock them. In. They're they're champions for a reason, and they do things the right way. So,
0: well, guys, connect on sports. So I I never mind throwing some sports things into into the the journey of a Christian dad. And while yeah. we're rolling on sports, let's just roll right into stadium drops. So, like, how'd this get going? And and tell us that story.
1: Yeah, man. So we've got four kids. Um, my wife and I are blue collar workers. We do everything that we can to provide for our kids. And my oldest son, he was nine at the time, got an invite to the pro football hall of fame quarterback Academy. And so we went up there, you know, as a dad, my first love is baseball. Uh, my second love is the Aggies and football, as you can see by my wall behind me, yeah. <laughs> I, I absolutely love football as a dad that's a big bucket list item so we decided to turn it into a family vacation especially when we realized that we could go see a cleveland indians baseball game we can go see a saint louis cardinals baseball game and we packed up the car we took the family um my boys uh went with us and man it was just a trip of a lifetime we went to cleveland indians game the first night got up. I got that, that all too familiar tug, you know, from your kid wanting to go get concessions. Uh, They were hungry. And so as the dad that wants to provide those moments and memories, I got up and while I was up, I missed a three run home run. And I'll never forget coming back to my seat going, what happened? What I miss. And then the very next night we're in St. Louis, I get up. it's a pitcher's duel. Like, and that's one of the reasons why I love national league baseball because the pitchers bat. So it's, it's a lot more of a pitcher's duel than an offensive explosion. And that night in particular, it was zero zero going into the bottom of the fifth inning. And my, I get that all too familiar tug again. Yeah. Hey, and let me backtrack a little bit. Like St. Louis has the best concession food on the planet. Like their, their concession food is amazing. So we'll it to around. another
0: level a few years back.
1: Oh my gosh. <laughs> and it is great. I'm, I remember before the game, we're walking around. And just smelling all the different smells and food from all the different local people that, that have concession booths there. Golly, it was so good. And there was this one barbecue place behind Home Plate that I remember smelling. And I we were sitting in the outfield right kind of behind your head there. Yeah. And I was like, I am not getting up and walking all the way to Home Plate just to get that barbecue. So I settled for what was close by. And while I'm waiting in line, again, it's the bottom of the fifth inning. There's a runner on first, a runner on third. And St. Louis executes uh, a double steal uh, where the third, where the runner on third steals home and it freaks out. They laid down a squeeze bunt and it works to perfection. The catcher freaks out, overthrows second base, trying to get the out. (laughs) And it it was an error. And that dude from first scores all the way from first. Oh, my goodness. And it was the only two runs of the game. And I'm sitting there in line watching it on a busted 32 inch screen TV. I mean, the picture's all jumping and it's colors going out and the crowd in the background is going wild, man. And I get back to my seat. My wife is like, you missed an incredible play. And I'm like, yeah, no, tell me about it. I've watched it on the busted screen. She's like with technology, the way that it is today, why can't we just download an app, order the food and have it delivered to our seat? And I remember looking at her that day and I said, Kristen, that is absolutely brilliant. So when, when God drops an idea on, on the hearts of, of his people, he expects us to steward that idea. And so I went home with her and we just started looking up different, you know, in-seat delivery, mobile ordering, all that kind of stuff for, for venues. And, you know, at first we didn't really find anything. Um, so we started sharing our vision a couple months later with some of our friends. You know, I'm, I'm a big reader. Uh, there's a book called The Power of Who by a friend of ours named Bob Bodine. You've never read that book. I highly recommend it. It's a book about the power of relationships. Um, and as a Christian dad, there's nothing more powerful than utilizing the people that God puts in your, in your path. There's nothing that happened. Like, you meet people, it's not by accident. Those are ordained appointments every single day that, that God has put strategic people in your path to help you fulfill a vision, to help you fulfill a need, to encourage you, to challenge you, to motivate you. God puts people in our lives for a reason. So we started reaching out to the power of who? The people that we knew in our life and just sharing our vision of what we, what we wanted to do. And slowly but surely, it just became light bulb moment after light bulb moment for our friends. Uh, the first gentleman I shared the idea with was a guy named Chad Haley. He's our executive VP. And he was like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. So he put me in touch with a gentleman that's now our chief marketing officer, Joshua Curtis. Never knew him before all this happened. And so Chad introduced me to him. Joshua immediately fills the Holy Spirit, just telling him, hey, this is the right deal. This is where you need to put your focus and effort. And so Joshua was like, I'm in. And so he started doing all the branding. So all of our website, all of our marketing, all of our branding, everything that you see from a graphic and logo standpoint, Joshua. Wow. Uh, he is. He's amazing uh, at what he does. Those
0: and, guys aren't easy to find.
1: No, by the way, <laughs> no, they're not. And and Joshua, I don't we don't have enough time in this podcast to go through the list of people that he's worked for uh, and done stuff with. But Joshua, yeah, not that
0: those guys can't be good at what they do, but can they get, be good at what they do and also match up with what you're thinking and, you know, that oh, type of thing? So that's the issue.
1: Absolutely. And, and for me, culture is everything. Yes. And so. To find these people who believe the way that you believe, who have the same heart and the same path that you have and can operate with excellence. Listen, I love Christians. Uh, I'm obviously one, but I think in the Christian industry, the one thing that that's lacking is a spirit of excellence. And there's so many companies out there that are Christian companies that no offense, but they just, they don't operate in a spirit of excellence. And so to find people like Joshua, like Chad, um, like our e- executive VP of operations, I mean, we have a whole entire team of, of Christian men and, and women. Uh, we, we, do this with our wives to find people that have that same belief and same, uh, desire and passion to do thing with do things with excellence. It's very rare. We have gotten a team together that man, they just, they love Jesus. They love their wives. And we, we love excellence, character, work ethic are going to get you there at the top, but it's the character and it's the passion for things done with excellence that keep you at the top. And that's, that's the heartbeat of who we are as people, who we are as husbands and wives. And that's what drives stadium drop is a passion for excellence and, and a passion to see the kingdom of God advance through business in the marketplace. Wow. That is
0: awesome. Want to love the idea. And I hadn't heard you share, I followed you on social media for a while, but I hadn't heard you quite share it just like that. Like, I love having that spirit driven purpose behind you and knowing that God's with you and just having that belief. Cause that in my business, that was exactly, you know, how it happened for me too, where I just felt that overwhelming feeling of the Holy spirit, a number of different times as I was taking some steps, man, it's made such a difference.
1: Yeah. It's huge you know, the, the plans of, of man are many, but it's the path of the Lord that, that proceeds. And we just try to, I mean, obviously we have our plans, we have our ideas, but we really try to submit to what God and the Holy spirit's directing and, and go day to day, you know, those scary
0: moments. You ever have one of those scary moments where you're like, all right, God wheels, yours. I don't know yeah. where
1: we're going, but. That's been stadium drop ever since we launched. I mean, listen, who, who's going to relaunch a in seat delivery, mobile ordering concession company in the midst of a pandemic where every stadium, every venue shuts down
0: (laughs) with empty stadiums. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Hey, you know, if you look back through history, some of the biggest businesses that have ever launched launched in the middle of, of a crisis, whether it's, you know, in 08 when the financial crisis hit, whether it's in 2000 when the dot-com boom happened or, you know, world war one, world war two, you know, the great depression, some of the greatest businesses rose out of the ashes. And that's where we feel like stadium drops at. You know, we we formed our company as an LLC in January uh, 27th of 2020. And we started slowly plowing, putting our hands to the plow and working. We had some things moving. And then I'll, I'll never forget, I was sitting in a Dallas Mavericks basketball game with my executive VP of acquisitions, uh, Rick Thompson. And the two of us were, were literally sitting kind of courtside and we were looking up looking around just dreaming like thinking to ourselves one day we will be in this arena and we will be operating with all these people and runners all over the place delivering stadium drop food and just never forget that moment where the loudspeaker guy came on the PA guy came on and was like you know I don't remember the guy who tested positive for COVID the first time. Yeah. Rudy
0: something or other. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Something, something like that. And I, I, it was the ear, it was the weirdest feeling ever. Me and Rick looked at each other, looked at the people next to us. Like you got the Rona. I don't know if I got the Rona. And we started, everybody's kind of like freaking out a little bit, but then the game goes on and there's no care in the world. And you know, that was the last regular season NBA game played was the Mavericks game that night. Wow, And it was just, it was just surreal and then you know things shut down a couple of weeks later everything shut down all the con- all the things that we had working with stadium drop shut down and we're sitting here trying to get funding we're trying to get you know more contracts and just the uncertainty of sports and in-seat delivery was it was crazy and then we just kept our eyes to the eyes to the goal and our hearts to the hearts to the spirit and just kept plowing our executive team we meet every week we kept meeting we kept talking we kept dreaming and then finally we signed our first contract with Oklahoma State University first of August of last year and shortly after that was Arkansas State University and we just we opened up first game that we ever operated was Oklahoma State versus Tulsa September 19th 2020. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah And they had 25% capacity. Arkansas State had 25% capacity. And we just kind of navigated the waters. And, you know, there was some, you know, games got moved around, obviously. Uh, it affected both Oklahoma State and Arkansas State. But everybody stayed faithful, stayed, stayed plugged in to making sure that the games got in. And within three months of operating, we had over 1,700 app downloads. We had over 1,200 orders placed with just two universities and one sport. And we had nine, I think it was nine games between the two universities that we operated um, with those numbers. So, I mean, it's just, it's just a God thing, man. And we're, we're just blessed and excited that he trusted us to steward that idea. So
0: that is awesome. There's a guy in Oklahoma state, Matt holiday. We had a chance to talk to him a while back, used to play for the Cardinals.
1: And yeah,
0: yeah. So there's a significant faith base inside of the Oklahoma state baseball team
1: right now. Yeah, absolutely, and I tell you, uh, we just were we were part of uh, opening day at O'Brate Stadium, which is the new baseball stadium for the team. It was incredible, and those that baseball team, man, they they're good. It's yeah? fun to watch. Oh yeah, they their starting pitcher, man, he's like six foot seven, and he can sling that baseball, man. God, it's, <laughs> it's so awesome to watch him pitch. He's a he's he's going to be a stud in the in the majors one day.
0: That's awesome. Remember yeah. his name by chance?
1: I don't man. I don't. I, his number is 27 and he's six. He's like the tallest kid on the Oklahoma state baseball team. He's like six foot seven, but he's, he's a stud and he's going to be, he's going to be a force to be reckoned with for some time.
0: Nice. Nice. You mentioned, uh, you mentioned the power of who yeah. by Bob Bodie and uh, Bodine, uh, sorry, Bodine Bodine, Bodine. Bob Bodine, Bodine, Bob Bodine. There yep. we go. I was thinking of another book called the power of moments that I thought you might reference. And that one's by Chip and Dan Heath. And in that book, it talks about peak moments. You yeah. remember the, th- the highlights. Like, yeah. obviously, you remember that stadium visit where you missed, you know, the big moment. Yeah. They remember it on their side. You remember it on your side. Yeah. But the mundaneness, the, the average things that happen in a trip or at work or, you know, yeah. whatever it is, you forget a lot of that stuff. Yeah. But when the big moment happens, I remember we were at the stadium and um, uh, like an alarm went off. It was Albert Pujol's uh, first game back or second game back to the stadium. And uh, since he'd been gone yeah. and this alarm goes off and everybody's looking around like it was a terrorist attack or something like something freaky happened. All the players just walked off the field. Wow. And the guys that I was with mm-hmm. were like something monumentals have turned out. It happened to be just a false alarm, <laughs> <laughs> but none of us had seen it. And it you know, the whole game just yeah. had that weird feeling and all that, but like, we're going to remember that for the rest of our lives, that eerie feeling we had. It was kind of a 9-11 type feeling yeah. like, you know, we, you th- yeah. anyway, that's yeah. a different thing, but that, that power of moments. So, and that's what stadium drop can do is help not miss that peak moment. And yeah. not only that, but you also get to stay connected with your people.
1: Absolutely. There's very few things in life that can bring people together like a sporting event. I'm a firm believer in that. You know, my mom and dad. But at the, do, at the
0: same time, you're there with your kids. Yeah.
1: And absolutely.
0: your kids obviously want some stuff.
1: Absolutely. And who goes to absolutely. get the stuff?
0: Mom or dad? Either one. But dad. somebody leaves the and they, they probably leave by <laughs> themselves.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they do. And listen, I'm not naive to think that the concessions is part of game day. I mean, who who doesn't love a, good, a great hot dog or, you know, the, the pretzels and the different like – case for St. Louis, the barbecue and all the different, you know, mom and pop, third party people that are in the ballpark. Like that's part of the game day experience. But at the end of the day, you go to create, I mean, life is about moments and memories, right? And you experience those moments and memories watching the game and not waiting in line, getting frustrated because you're missing it. Yeah. That's the worst feeling in the world, but yet people get hungry and that is part of the game day experience. And so we, we really do want to maximize moments and memories um, so that people can have those for the rest of their life. I mean, I'll never forget the things that my mom and dad did for my brother and I going and experiencing moments for baseball, whether it was baseball or football. And there was one time where, you know, being a big Aggie, my dad for Christmas one year got me tickets to the, the Cotton Bowl. And even wow. though the Aggies got their butts kicked by Notre Dame, I'll never forget it. It was extremely cold. I was layered up beyond imagination. And the Aggies lost 28-3. to three. I'll never forget those, those moments in that game. 1992 uh, or 93, whenever it was 93, when the Rangers were ending their, their run at the old ballpark, um, they were finishing that series with the Oakland Athletics. My mom and dad took me and my brother to that, to that series. We watched the last game in that ballpark. Uh, We saw the home plate get pulled up and taken over to the new ballpark and put down on the big screen. Uh, I mean, those kinds of things, man. And people don't, they don't put a lot of thought and effort into how to create moments and memories. And, and uh, there's a, an author I love by the name of John Maxwell. Oh my goodness. Yes. I got his
0: book right here. His new one. (laughs) Change your world, right there.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, Yeah. He
0: just came to St. Louis, and we got to hang out and talk to him, and I got to
1: oh, that's awesome.
0: Do a little Q and A with him, and yeah, John is just amazing, and yeah.
1: I've got my so I'm sitting in front of my my library, and he's right up, right up there. But you know, he talks about intentional living is is a book that I've and in intentional living, he talks about being intentional with whether you're a dad, whether you're a mom, whether you're a business owner, whatever. You have to be intentional with everything you do. When you wake up in the morning, if you're not intentional to create moments for the people that work for you and with you, or if you're not intentional with creating those moments with your kids and with your wife, then what's the purpose of living? Um, And so you got to be intentional. That's where, you know, the whole purpose of stadium drop is to allow parents. And, you know, even if you're not going to the game with your kids, you're going with your best friend or, you know, your best girlfriend or whatever, man, plan ahead and be intentional to create moments and memories with each other. Life is fleeting. Life is short. And there's no better way, in my opinion, to create moments and memories than going to a good baseball game or a good football game. Or, you know, I love hockey, going to a good hockey game and just, and just, just enjoy the moment, you know?
0: Yeah. So a couple things there. So earlier you mentioned faith and excellence. Yeah. And I was—I've got a a friend of mine. He he just came out with a book called "Sacred Drive." His name is Vaughn Kohler.
1: Sacred Drive.
0: Sacred Drive. Yep, Sacred Drive. Biblical principles for pursuing your God-given potential. So Vaughn Kohler is his name, and Vaughn's like that's what's missing because we got faith—you know—a whole faith culture, and we've got a whole excellence culture, so we can do all things with our power without anybody else, because we're awesome is we got to combine the two of them. We got to have that culture of excellence inside of faith, you know, kind of, I can do all things with Christ who strengthens me and, you know, put it together versus keeping it separate. And I heard you mention earlier, I'm like, it's fantastic because we can do big, big things. We can still be humble. We can still achieve, you know, I love it. You know, Albert Pujols, since we're talking sports, you know, he hits his home run and then he gets yeah. two fingers up every time,
1: every time yeah,
0: he honors God all the time. And, uh, anyway, I just get yeah. fired up about the topic and we, as men, we don't have to be sissies. If we're Christians, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah. don't have oh, to be definitely. weak. Jesus wasn't weak. My no. buddy Vaughn's like, everybody thinks he's Mr. Rogers and he's just not, no.
1: just <laughs> led. I like to put it quiet strength. I mean, he did not back down at all. He was, he was blunt when he needed to be, and he was gentle and smooth when he needed to be. He was the perfect example of humility and quiet strength. And the way I look at it, you know, in Genesis, the Bible tells us that we're created in, in God's image. So if, if you look around and see what God created in six days, I mean, I'm looking outside my window right now and, you know, it's a beautiful, clear day here in Texas and not a cloud in the sky. And, you know, thinking about how fast the world is spinning right now and the fact that we don't feel how fast we're spinning. If we're created in the image of the one who did all of that, why in the world would anyone settle for mediocrity? It makes no sense to me. And that I'm going to have to get that book, Sacred Drive, because that's what drives me. That's what fuels me. And there's so many Christians that are walking around with weak mindsets and weak mentalities. And, you know, they, they just, they're living in fear for whatever reason, and they don't understand the gravity of who created them, why they're created. And they're, they're walking around with no purpose. John Maxwell, they're walking around with no intentionality. And that's not how God has called us to live. We're created in his image. And he worked for six days creating beautiful, beautiful, Creation
0: mm-hmm.
1: and and we're created in that image. <laughs> why do we? Why do? Why do people settle for mediocrity? I, I was reading something one time where trees grow to their highest potential. I mean, there's nothing that stops a tree. There's nothing that that stops the mountains. There's nothing that stops the ocean uh, for doing what it was created to do. But yet, humans are the only ones who fail to reach their full potential. Why? It's the greatest lie that Satan has ever put upon us is you can't do this or you can't do that. Because he knows the full potential that is within us. And when we can walk with with the purpose that God has put in you and understand that our potential is unlimited because the one who created us is unlimited. Listen, he said, "Let there be light." Guess what scientists are still finding today? They're still finding light casting out darkness millions of light years away. So when God said, let there be light, boom, it happened, right? Light is still casting out darkness. And if the one who created that is still casting out darkness and creating space, why are we not continuing to create? We are creators. Creation creates excellence, not mediocrity.
0: Yes. Yes. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it, man. We got to connect you with Fawn and (laughs) keep this conversation rolling. Keep this conversation rolling. I,
1: I could get on my soapbox all day long. And, you know, a lot of times I rub people the wrong way, but when they get to know me and they, they know my heart and you, and you read the Bible, I mean, you can't help, but just understand as men and as women of God, we have so much strength that a lot of people are just not walking in and it's, it's sad. Really. I just, I refuse to be that rat in the box that other rats are pulling them down when they're trying to, you know what I mean?
0: Yep. Yep. Yeah. I agree. A hundred percent. I continually separate the people. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, you want to drag? I got to go over here. You know, you can watch for a while and once you're ready to start (laughs) running again, let's go. The other thought I had, you mentioned, like creating these moments and doing things special, and then intentional living. Also, it can be a lot easier as a dad to just be tired on some days and not do things intentionally, uh, not do things with our kids. Hey, dad, I want to whatever. One of one of the days that stands out in my life was before Christmas, and my oldest daughter says, "Dad, I want to get a climbing wall for the house." Nice. In addition to the a ninja warrior course thing we got in the basement. In addition to this big massive swing we've got in our basement, in addition to a balance beam and stuff, I want a climbing wall, dad. That's what, that's what you need to tell Santa to bring for Christmas. (laughs) And it was one of those Saturdays where it was kind of blah and everybody's kind of whatever. And I said, I did a couple quick looks and I figured out there was this big climbing gym, not too far from our house. I'm like, I got one better for you how about instead of this little six foot wall, we go climb a 25 foot fall, wall right now. Wow. <laughs> like we could have just been lazy the, the whole afternoon and evening and wasted it. And yeah. instead we went and we did that. And it was one of the most fun days we've had. And now we've turned into a climbing routine and, you know, my kids are seven and eight and they're climbing 25 foot walls without harnesses or anything like that. There's a safety map beneath us and blah, blah, blah. But like we get after it, we have so much fun, but it was just that one decision to do something special instead of allow sloth and laziness to, yeah. to take over that night. And, yeah. uh, it's really us. Anyway, it was just a, a side note story, but intentional living faith and excellence, yeah. dad, coach, husband, any of those things, where, where, where do you got a story or something that you've applied in your, your life, your family's life as a leader of your family that, that might
1: share some intentionality? Man, that's a great question. I would have to say going back seven, eight years, you know, I said we were a youth pastor for, for quite a while, but coming out of youth ministry, we really struggled financially. And we were living in a house when we moved back to Texas that Every time it rained, it flooded, it flooded. There was, you know, not a whole lot to do. There wasn't a whole lot of money. But one of the things that that we used to do was take Sunday afternoon walks. And there was a, a place down the street, it was probably two or three miles down the street uh, called Bethany Lakes. We had a, a golden lab and the boys were, you know, three and four years old. My daughters were uh, nine to 10, 12 years old. I don't remember the exact ages, but you know, we just we would be intentional about going out and just going for a walk, letting the boys ride their bikes, uh, going down to this uh, place called Bethany Lakes over in Allen, and just just having fun. You know, throwing skipping rocks in the little pond out there, letting the boys climb trees, doing those kinds of things. We've got a lot of pictures that we look back on now, and just and we talk all the time about man, we miss living over there. We miss this. We miss that. We miss you know, those Sunday afternoon walks, hopefully that answers the question, but, you know, just doing those kinds of things. I mean, it doesn't always have to be sports, you know, but just enjoying, enjoying those moments. And, you know, where we live now, there's walking trails. And to this day, we, we don't get out as much as we want uh, just because of the busyness of startups and running a business the way that we do and still having a full-time, you know, day job. Yeah. But, you know, we certainly make the moments as much as we can uh, getting out and walking the trails around here and, um, the boys get out on their bikes a lot and go out and ride and have fun. So, you know, just being intentional with those kinds of things I think is just as important as being intentional going to a, a baseball game or a football game or whatever, whatever sporting event you like. So
0: yeah, in, in those small, smaller type things, things that you can do literally every day that are free. Yeah. Like nature's yeah. a big thing for me, like yeah. that makes the world a difference. Being active, is there a moment you can think of with one or multiple kids you have, or your wife even where It was just an everyday normal activity. And there was something that stood out, maybe a, maybe a lesson or maybe just a time where you bonded and completely something unexpected.
1: Yeah. There's a lot of those things that happen, man. I, you know, I do coach my boys in their youth sports, uh, whether it's football or baseball, I've got our baseball hat on right now, but there's always different things where, you know, something pops up and, you know, pull my boys off to the side and be like, Hey, this is why I teach you guys to do it this particular way, because there's a lot of correlation to life and sports. And yeah, we're relating whatever this is to sport, but as you get older and as you grow, this is how it can relate to your life. One is, you know, work ethic. One could be just respect. Um, you know, when a coach is talking to a kid, a lot of times their attention spans very small, but as a dad, my job is to raise God loving, God fearing, productive adults. Right. And so a lot of times I'll, I'll tell my kids and a lot of people think I'm hard on them, but it, it's just life lessons of telling them, hey, pay attention. When a coach is talking to you, look them in the eye. Don't play with the baseball. Don't throw the football around. Stop what you're doing. Look at the coach in the eye and learn what they're trying to teach you. Because not only are they trying to teach you what to do in, in this particular sport, but as you get older, it's about learning what to do in life and those kinds of things. And then, you know, when it comes to my wife, people make fun of us all the time because, you know, we the everyday, you know, Walmart runs or uh, going to Kroger or whatever, like we turn those little things into dates, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You you always got to date your spouse, right? And when life is busy and you're running a company and you're raising four kids, my oldest is about to turn 20. uh, My youngest just turned 11. So life is full and you've got to find a way to again, be intentional that when you have that one-on-one time with your wife, when life is this busy, you got to find a way to turn it into a date and yes. and, and make it fun. And, and we do that a lot uh, with, with Walmart dates and we'll do like an impromptu. There's a little burger joint over by our local Walmart that we like to go to. And, and we'll, we'll just turn it into an impromptu, you know, date night while the kids are at home eating their own dinner, but you, know, you got to do what you got to do to continue, you know, dating your spouse. Uh, we've been married for uh, be 21 years this August. And, you know, we've definitely had a lot of downs and we've learned the importance of continuing to date our spouse. Cause we, you know, we're young. I just turned 41. Uh, my wife's about to be 39 and, you know, our, our youngest just turned 11. So by the time he's, you know, graduated high school and in college, we'll be empty nesters while we're both still in our forties. And and that excites me (laughs) for a lot of reasons. Yeah. Um, But, you know, if, if you don't learn to fall in love with your spouse in the middle of the busyness of raising kids, when they're grown and out, it's almost like you're, you're living with a stranger and we do not want that. And my encouragement to any Christian dad out there is find ways to date your wife. Don't lose that spark because one day the kids will be grown and they'll be out of the house and it's going to be left up to you and your wife. And what are, what are you doing? Do you know the person that's living in your house? You know, when we were in in student ministry, I can honestly say I did not know the spouse that I was living with my work ethic. My strongest part of, of, of my being is my work ethic. I learned it from my dad. My brother's the same way. We have a very, very strong work ethic, but it can also be my, my biggest weakness. And that was the case in, in when I was in ministry. And I woke up one morning and just looked at my wife and she looked at me and uh, things weren't good. And so we we vowed, you know, to never let that happen again. And since 2013, when God got a hold of us in a major way, we've just we've been on fire for each other and in the busyness of everything that's going on, we always find the little ways to talk weird to each other. And like, I call her sexy all the time, you know, those yeah. silly things, but she calls me handsome and all that little, you know, stupid stuff, but it's not stupid in the long run. It's, it's cute and it's fun and makes you feel like you're back in high school again, you know? Yeah,
0: man, that's awesome. I love that. I love that. Somebody was talking about date nights. You got a date night, oh, date yeah. night. And I'm like, nah, Just date period, like daytime, whatever. We've been table shopping lately, and (laughs) you know, skipping out on work and going to lunch and go. You know, we just have fun with it. And uh, absolutely, yeah, that was really cool. had a Had a thing happen the other day. I'll brag on my wife for a second. She she was running out with the kids, and I came home, and it was a night where where she was going to go to Bible study. She's found this new group of ladies to do Bible study with. They they had set it up, (sighs) and she gets home, and I can just tell that she's tired maybe run down a little bit and she starts planting the seeds of how she's not going to go to bible study but hadn't said she wasn't going and a little bit later i'm like hey girls mom's going to be going to bible study tonight and the girls respond no she's not (laughs) i said how do you know that one their motivation is to keep mom home anyway because they don't like when mom leaves and she says uh well, mom told us. I said, nah. I said, what do you think? Should mom go or not go? I know she's tired and she's got some different things and there certainly is the easy thing to do. And then there's the hard thing to do. And we know when we do hard things, we always look back and we go, man, I'm glad I did that. I'm glad I did that. And I said to my oldest daughter who's into doing hard things, I said, what do you think mom should do? The easy thing or the hard thing? (laughs) She goes, dad, this time she should do the easy thing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's funny.
0: So I text my wife's friend I'm like, "Hey, you should encourage her to go to Bible study." And <laughs> next thing you know, my wife's phone buzzes. She doesn't see it, but on my wife's on her own thinking she decided she was going to go. And I heard her go upstairs. The water's run a little bit, does her makeup. And she comes downstairs. She's like, all right, girls, I'm getting ready to go Bible study. And she felt, had that look of refreshment on her face too, where she wasn't run down anymore. And she was excited to see her friends. Anyway, it was really, really cool to see her. And then she came home and we talked and I said, Hey, by the way, I love that you did that. I love that you did the hard thing. And I love the example that you showed our daughters Yeah, and I hope you got the reward from going and being with your friends. I hope you got the Bible study. I hope you got to connect with God. And I, I want you to know, I appreciate it. And I love the fact that our daughters got to see that. Yeah. And she just looked at me, she goes, wow, you know, thank you so much. So encouraging our spouse and helping our spouse grow and, and develop strong and deep roots and rich soil is so, so important. So yeah. love that you brought that into this conversation.
1: I had a friend one time that said, "You know, our wives are a lot like a flower. Uh, when you speak life into them, uh, you speak sweet to them. They're like that flower that just opens up so beautifully. They shine the way that God inc- intended for them to shine. Uh, but when you're harsh and you're blunt and you're, you know, negative and all the different things that happen, they're they're like that flower that just shrinks and withers away." You know, whenever he he said that to me, I'll never forget. I've always looked at my wife as that sweet flower that and, and, you know, your kids are the same way, whether they're, they're boys or they're girls. And it's just, for me, it's a sweet reminder, you know, as a dad of two daughters and two sons, always just finding the good and speaking the good.
0: I've, I've got to hang around a bunch of professional football players and oftentimes I'll ask them what, who their favorite coach was or a memory or something that's pivotal for them. And they answer it in that way. Like when I get that encouragement or the coach believes in me. And he transfers that to me. I was talking with a guy, Vernon Fox, a while back, used to play for the Broncos and Chargers and Redskins and Lions. And while he was with the Chargers, he thought he might get cut from the team and Schottenheimer came up and he says, Hey, you're up. I believe in you. It was incredible. We were able to get you the way that we got you for the price that we got you for. I can't believe it. And you're up. And I believe in you, you're gonna do big things. And he said, I went from feeling shrunk and weak to being all powerful, and I was ready to knock down a brick wall. Is like I I would do anything for Coach Marty, rest his soul. Is but and I've heard those stories time and time again from other professional athletes that that one guy that just said the right thing at the right time to to encourage him. And when we do that for our wives too, the same thing, like you said, bloom like a flower.
1: Absolutely.
0: So I got a question for you. Stadium drop is about to go big time. I believe that with all my heart. Yeah. God's behind you. Let's say that it goes to a crazy level of success. Have you considered how that might affect you or things to safeguard yourself from the effects of mega success?
1: Yeah, I mean, I've, that's a great question. I've got a lot of men in my life that have permission to speak into my life at any moment, and so it's the inner circle principle. You know, that's the reason why we have the executive team the way that I've got it.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: a lot of people they look down when you've got a startup that has as many executive members that we have, but I don't look down on it, man. I look at it as a as a strength because of that very reason. There's a lot of accountability. There's a lot of eyeballs uh, internally, and this. You know the people that are on our executive team—they're—they're they're definitely my inner circle. There's there's several pastor friends of mine that we went to church with them for seven or eight years, and then God called us to come to a local church here. But that old that church that we just left about a year and a half ago—those um, pastors, man—they know who they are. if They're listening to this podcast, <laughs> um, but you know they. You know, we still talk pretty frequently and they they understand that if they see me do anything out of line or if they see, you know, pride starting to creep in or uh, or whatever, you know, as a as a man, we often, you know, those blind spots in a car. Men have those blind spots as well. And man, I've learned through the years, it's extremely important to have that tight inner circle that can chastise you when you need to. <laughs> and I, I, I firmly believe I'm, I'm not a, above reproach at all. And man, just to those men, they know how to keep me humble. Um, and there's, there's some really good friends that, that can do the same thing. They're not a part of our executive team, but man, I think of guys like Brandon Grumbles, think of guys, Cody Mahon, man, they can, they can call me at any moment and they can ask, Hey man, how's your heart and how's your soul? <laughs> And we have pretty good conversations. My former pastor, Danny McDaniel, is one of those guys that can call me at any moment and just say, "Hey, love you. Where are you at?" You know, nice. And so it's it's nice to have those relationships to keep you grounded.
0: Yeah, yeah. Something just as simple as that. Yeah, shooting somebody a note, and yeah. you know, nowadays it seems like a lot of communication is typed versus talked.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and to think about it, man, it, you know, when God puts somebody on your heart. He's Putting them on your heart for a reason. Shoot them a text message. It takes nothing but just yeah. them a quick text message. And man, as soon as God puts somebody on my heart, I don't care what I'm doing. I try to stop what I'm doing and just shoot them a quick text message. Just say, Hey man, how you doing? Or hey, thinking about you. It doesn't take but five seconds. And oftentimes it's that one little text that can brighten somebody's day. And you know, as going back to your question, is that inner circle you know as stadium drop grows cuz it will I, there's no doubt in my mind it's it's that inner circle that that's going to keep keep our team humble and grounded and and solid
0: there's a voicemail technology out there like click to talk type thing and yeah. i sent one of my friends a message for a specific reason and i thought about it and after i sent it there was this other guy that came to mind i <clears throat> thought i don't know why but he needs to hear this exact message that isn't directed to him and the things i said in it are not at all about him, yeah. but he just needs it. So I just forwarded it to him and I said, Hey, by the way, this is a message I sent somebody else that, you know, but for some reason, I think you need to hear it. Yeah. When he listened to it, he sent me a note back and he was absolutely broken in the area that I was speaking about. And I had no idea. And he was somebody that was closer to me and it opened up an entirely different conversation. And now, yeah. you know, I can connect with them on an area that I've got, you know, quite a bit of experience and strength. And he needs somebody to lean on right now in this moment. And he's a guy that I talk to every few days that, and he hadn't opened up about that yet. So, yes, what you're saying, when you think about somebody, just reach out right then. There's a reason why they're coming up, you know, out of the blue.
1: Yeah. You know, I think text messages have done a lot of bad for our society uh, because it is too easy to just say, instead of picking up the phone and letting somebody hear your voice. Uh, But in the opposite, I think it's done a lot of good because if you utilize it the right way, and send those quick text messages. It can mean a matter of life and death between some people. You just never know what they're going through, what they're dealing with and reading something as, as quick as, Hey man, thinking about you or Hey man, love you. Yeah. Um, There's, there's not enough men that are strong in their manhood that can pick up the phone and shoot a text message and say, Hey, love you. They think it's weird. Like, no, it's not weird. You know, Christ was love. Christ loves his disciples. And he walked with them. He talked with them. He lived with them every day for three years. Yet we're above telling another man, I love you. (laughs) Come on, man. (laughs) No, men need to hear the words. I love you. (laughs) Yes. So,
0: yes, absolutely. For sure. So to wrap this up, uh, if you got anything else that you want to share with the guys, and then in addition to that, we always kind of finish out with a weekly challenge. Yeah. So, uh, not, I'm not throwing the challenge to you, but you might have something in your head to challenge the guys with something to do this week, whatever that might be.
1: Yeah. Hey, let's just, let's challenge the men that are listening to this podcast with that very thing for the next seven days. When somebody pops up in your mind, don't hesitate, whatever you're doing, wherever you are, stop and send that person a text message, telling them that you're thinking about them, tell them that you love them, tell them, Hey, we need to catch up. Hey, when you got five minutes, give me a call, whatever it may be for the next seven days. When somebody pops in your mind, send them a text message. Simple,
0: simple, super simple. Simple. Yep. That's awesome. So speaking of uh, people that pop in your mind and different things, if you guys have any connections with people at stadiums across the United States, Adam's easy to easily accessible on Facebook for sure. Yeah. Well, they'll, they'll get the spelling, but feel free and uh, put any contacts out there that you want and feel free to spell your name or what have you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I'm, I'm more active on Twitter and and Instagram. Okay. uh, But I am on Facebook. Um, You can find me at a L Maccabee, a A L M C A B E E across social media, Uh, whether it's Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook, it's a L M C A B E E. Okay. And then
0: fantastic. So anybody can
1: shoot me an email and my email address is Adam at stadiumdrop.com. Oh, excellent. Yep.
0: Connect with Adam guys. And if you've got a way to connect him with people around stadiums across the country, I'll be able to get my favorite hot dog from Bush stadium and not have to walk three quarters of the way around the stadium to get it.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: The bacon dog. When you come to St. Louis, you got to get the bacon bacon dog. dog.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Hey, listen, there's, there's no place I want to be. Than than Bush Stadium right now, uh, so if anybody's got connections, listen, I would love to be in Bush Stadium as well as all of Major League Baseball. Um, like I said, my first love is baseball. There's nothing uh, that 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 makes my heart happier than being at a ballpark. Just something something nostalgic about it, you know.
0: Well, if you're coming through St. Louis, let me know and we'll we'll get you will, set up
1: for sure. <laughs> no,
0: <laughs> well, absolutely. sounds great. I appreciate you being on so much. Enjoyed yeah, our conversation. Look forward to continuing this again and i can't wait to hear what you think about vaughn's book too it's really good
1: absolutely i'm gonna get it as soon as we get off here so i appreciate it and dan thanks for having me on it's been a blast
0: you bet i appreciate it thank you adam
1: yeah thank you
0: thank you for listening to this episode of the journey of a christian dad podcast thank you guys for being a light shine that light out and let others see it with you guys part of this community it helps me be accountable to you guys helps me be accountable to myself